So this is our second panel of the day. Uh, we started very strong today, uh, you know, with a presentation on shipping and contribution to society. And now we're moving on to other, uh, to the first of the critical industry topics we are going to be tackling today. And this is the impact of technology on, uh, on shipping, embracing the technological revolution. Uh, shipping is not only capital intensive, but I think at this point it's very techn technology intensive. And uh, the pandemic, I think, has been speeding up the use of technology throughout uh, all areas of shipping, uh, revolutionizing the industry uh, at an accelerated pace. We have with us a great panel. I'd like to thank Paolo Moretti, the CEO of Rina Services, for uh, sponsoring the panel and for uh, moderating it. And uh, we have uh, five uh, top principles uh, to tackle this issue. I will let Paolo introduce them. I'd like to thank you all for um, being with us today. And uh, Paolo, the floor is yours. Thank you to Ioannis, to Dimitri, Alexia, Christos, and Constantino. So the floor is yours. And by the way, I'd like to say a big thank you to my team, if you don't mind, because as we were discussing, we are in New York right now, conducting this uh, Greek time. Uh, so it is a bit early for us in New York, but we're delighted to share the day early with you. Thank you, Nicolas. Thank you and welcome and good morning, uh, good afternoon or good night uh, to all people that is, uh, that is connected. I'm really excited to moderate uh, this panel uh, today, considering uh, the topics and the quality of the speakers. Of course, we know that uh, Greek shipping uh, represents uh, an unicorn among all the other industrial sectors, because it's the biggest maritime fleet, uh, but it's also the oldest uh, with, the, uh, with the deepest uh, tradition. And today we also have representatives really of these historical uh, ship owners' uh, families. It is uh, healthy and growing even if uh, in tough times, and it has a rich order book. And in times when rules and, uh, uh, and technology change, uh, uh, so fast that uh, we really need a strong innovation attitude and openness uh, to new ideas uh, and uh, to the latest technologies. So today we'd like to hear directly from uh, five leading personalities of uh, the Greek shipping community how they are using technology to optimize uh, uh, their operation. So first of all, let me introduce our panelists. Ms. Alexia Inglesis, Director of Alberta Ship Management, uh, Ms. Demetri Chrysostomu, Director Marketing and Business Development, uh, Columbia Ship Management, uh, Mr. Christos Mangos is the CEO of uh, Interunity Management Corporation, Mr. Ioannis Martinos, uh, CEO of Signal Maritime, and Mr. Costantino Tomasos, uh, CEO of Super Ecotankers uh, Management. Uh, I am Paolo Moretti, I am uh, the CEO of uh, Rina Services, and uh, today I'm sitting here in our headquarters in, uh, in Genoa. So let me start. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, I would like to start with, uh, with Christos. Uh, the 2020 mantra seems uh, to be that the pandemic has accelerated uh, the adoption of a wide set of innovative uh, technologies and uh, somehow there is no going back. Uh, if you had to tell us about the technological solution that above all has helped you navigate in the, in the stormy seas of the lockdown and of the still ongoing uh, actual economic and sanitary emergency, which would you pick, Christos? Mm, pick one. That's a that's a tricky. I think I would say 
Um, in this pand pandemic, we've seen a lot of uh, doors that have been opened uh, that won't be closed again. Um, I uh, and a lot of po positive externalities have emerged out of uh, these uh, these new doors, and actually with relatively little capital expenditure. Um, and the ones that are most relevant, I guess, to our industry and and, and our business, first and foremost, remote working. This is something that we embraced very quickly uh, and has proven to be extremely effective. And remote working really breaks down into several categories. Um, it's collaborative tools, you know, business homes of phone, WebEx platforms, uh, cloud-based solutions to be able to, you know, to support network, uh, remote networks. Um, we've seen, you know, affordable hardware. Um, a lot of investment in very affordable hardware. You know, most people's laptops cost less than their phones, uh, which is vaguely ridiculous, but, you know, it's something that we realized. Um, uh, one positive externality that comes out of, uh, out of remote working is that we've embraced um, license-based products, which enhances our network security as well. All of a sudden, we all have current versions of antivirus and anti-malware software uh, and Office 365. Um, uh, cameras, uh, uh, camera-based inspections on board of vessels. It's something that we used to do only in the context of pre-purchase inspections. Um, now we use it um, in, in the ordinary course of business. And of course, everyone has upgraded their internet connections at home in the office and on board their vessels. Now, all of this, actually, in all of this, we haven't seen any new technologies. This is all existing technology, and this is all embracing essentially what existed what we had at our fingertips um, previously. And I think, you know, all of this is here to stay, uh, even, you know, even when we are injected all with the, uh, with the vaccine. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Christos. I think this is something that uh, can be shared by, by many of us uh, in, uh, in all the various, uh, not only uh, sectors of the shipping, but uh, I, I would believe of, of many of many industries. Uh, Alexia, uh, you have uh, a ship under construction now, if I'm not wrong, uh, in Japan. Is it going to be what we call a smart ship uh, based on your experience uh, with your existing fleet? What, what technical uh, technological solution bring the best return of investments in terms of uh, operational and commercial efficiency? Thank you, Paolo, and um, thank you to Mr. Bornozzi and the entire Capital Link team for organizing such a wonderful virtual event at such socially distant and challenging times. So one area in which technology has helped improve both commercial and technical efficiency is data collection and analysis. Both technical and commercial data can help improve efficiency. And I'm sure Yanis will cover the latter, so I will try to explain what we do regarding technical data management, which has been enabled um, by the establishment of high connectivity on vessels at low cost, especially over the past five years. So first of all, we have installed sensors in all key machinery in the engine room, which collect data and transmit it to the office. This allows us to create a historical database through which we can deduce the, op um, the optimal operational parameters. Secondly, we can monitor live from the office the vessel's main operational parameters, such as speed and consumption. Um, through engine builders, we have performance algorithms, which help us um, evaluate and adjust, if required, 
the uh, operational parameters so that the engine operates within the maker's optimum li limits. And this helps both um, reduce fuel consumption, emissions, and prevent engine breakdowns and stoppages. Um, through the analysis of the data we collect, we can also um, analyze historical trends that help identify specific maintenance needs before failures occur. And this is what we call condition-based maintenance. So an example of this is the use of VLSFO, which as a new fuel often creates problems to the main engine and generators. And with real-time data, we can, um, this allows for prompt remedial actions. Another example is that by analyzing the main engine's consumption versus the vessel's speed, we can assess whether hull maintenance is required or whether an increase in consumption is due to weather factors. Technology has also allowed for better weather reporting, which in turn allows for better voyage planning. Um, this is achieved through trim optimization and weather routing programs for given conditions, which also help lower consumption. Um, other areas in which technology ha has helped improve efficiency include document synchronization, drone inspections, um, but I won't expand on these for lack of time. And finally, regarding new, new building vessels, which you mentioned, Paolo, um, we choose top quality yards, in this particular case, Japanese yards with proven track records. Um, we apply all of the technologies I mentioned above. Um, we also apply energy saving devices, such as um, water flow optimizers. And we also install dual fuel ready engines as well as um, dual fuel uh, necessary design alterations as the biggest challenge going forward will be the kind of um, fuel used for the propulsion of vessels. Thank you, thank you, Alexia. That was very interesting. I think that, I, and we, I think we all agree that uh, ships are going to be more and more uh, sensorized and uh, there's gonna be a key factor the interpretation and the use of the, of the data that uh, that we are going to to collect uh, more and more to bring real efficiency uh, to our operations. Uh, speaking of new building, Costantino, the last ships you built was a, was a few years ago. Let's suppose now you you were to order a, a new building today. Uh, which innovative technology do you think? Uh, uh, should be embedded in the construction to make operations uh, more efficient and to increase the value of, uh, of the asset it, itself. Uh, so in the end, to improve your bottom line. Yes, Paolo. First of all, uh, good morning, everybody. And uh, thank you, Nicolas, uh, for inviting me at this panel. Uh, prior to reply and also to, this, to diversify my intervention from the other speakers, I would like first to describe which is our general approach to innovations. Uh, we tend to be pioneers only for rather small changes, whilst we uh, prefer to, uh, for bigger decisions, we prefer to fall into the immediate followers category. And this is why, uh, this is because in the past we have faced some situation uh, situations whereas to be uh, too much innovative, to be pioneers presented some disadvantages. It comes to my mind when in 2009-10 we ordered our first water ballast uh, systems for our new buildings. And this when uh, the US uh, had not yet diversified their position from IMO. 
with the result that when the ships were delivered, uh, we have been anxious for a couple of years prior to have the system uh, compliance. And uh, this result was not uh, known beforehand. Another uh, classical example, uh, which in a way gathered all the incidents uh, of the innovation is for me the uh, retrofitting of the scrubbers for the exhaust gases, for the fuel oil sulfur content. Uh, we have not adopted this solution. However, I'm pretty sure that the companies who did um, have not considered, I mean, um, some uh, hidden costs um, have made a wrong assumption on the payback period. They do not expect some situation like shipyard congestion or uh, shipyard lack of expertise. Um, and also do not expect uh, various ports and countries uh, not to accept uh, open loop scrubbers. So our general approach to innovations is uh, uh, that if we if we deem that a certain technology is uh, promising, but is not uh, ready yet or is not uh, tested yet or uh, the legislation around it is not, uh, is not clear, then we prefer first to monitor it, then uh, eventually we predispose ourselves toward the technology and uh, you know, only finally we embrace it uh, entirely. Um, another clarification I believe should be made is for what we intend for uh, uh, operational efficiency. And this is because there are some uh, innovations which have a direct impact on uh, cost savings. Um, Alexia has mentioned some of those, uh, you know, various energy saving devices or the ceiling acrylate and the fouling paint. Uh, um, uh, this I have a direct impact on, on costs, but there are also others that uh, are equally important and, and basically they are affecting the organization and, uh, and, they, and they improve the operational risks. And this category can go from uh, crew training tools to remote monitoring of engine and other parameters or weather routing. So, uh, Paolo, in order to reply to in a wider manner uh, to your question, I would say that today there is a, a common trend proposed by various uh, makers, which is the one of the uh, autonomous ship. Uh, whilst I believe we are still far away from achieving that level, I strongly believe that uh, efforts and progresses should be done uh, in that direction, which uh, means that um, definitely all the ships should be equipped with uh, more sensors, particularly the new buildings should be equipped with sensors, actuators, uh, cameras, improved connectivity. And this will allow a better uh, remote assistance uh, and uh, monitoring as we intended today. However, will allow also uh, the adoption of uh, future uh, artificial intelligence uh, software tools, which will be certainly based on the collection of data prior to uh, elaboration and integration of same. 
So in a way, we, pre we do it something for today, but we prepare ourselves for the future. And uh, I believe this is a, a common trend. Uh, and I believe also you, Rina, you have done taken you have taken certain steps in that direction with the uh, remote surveys and with the uh, uh, optimum and cube software so um, it's a common trend for me thank you thank you thank you thank you santino it's a, i think it's really as you said it's a common trend uh, uh, for all it's also interesting the point you made about uh, installing scrubber of course in this pandemia and also I mean, in Italy, we always had a myth that when you have to take important decision in shipping, you follow the Greek. But then we understand that you also sometimes wait for somebody else to, to follow. Um, so thank you again. Dimitris, um, Columbia is uh, one of the leading uh, ship managers and well known also to be uh, very innovation oriented. Uh, what new technologies has your company developed to bring uh, new value and enhance uh, the service offering to its client, the industry and uh, its crew on board. And uh, would you like to tell us about your vision on how the shipping world is reshaping with the progressive adoption of uh, digital technology? Thank you very much, Paolo. Good morning to everybody. Um, I mean, we are a ship manager, so not the ship owner. Um, so for us, we have quite early on, and to be honest, uh, also, quite luckily, uh, preempted a little bit without knowing that there would be a, a pandemic, uh, started a strategy which actually has helped us a lot during this pandemic time. So we decided that as a ship manager, we needed to differentiate ourselves from other ship managers. Uh, we needed to bring more transparency to our clients and to bring more value to our clients. So a big part of that has been technology uh, as part of our uh, forward vision. <clears throat> So with the with 300 vessels or so under management, you can imagine we have all types of ships with all types of technology on board these vessels. These are not dictated by us, they're dictated by, by the clients themselves. So we have some ships with very basic setups. We have some very modern ships with all the bells and whistles like mentioned by uh, the other panelists before. Uh, one of the main areas that we actually developed was our performance optimization control room. Uh, this is performing the functions which uh, Alexia has uh, mentioned before, and this is becoming quite common in the industry. Uh, we've take, we, have, we as a manager have had to take this a, a step further, and that is uh, taking any ship into management, we have to be able to collect data without the necessity of high investment of sensors and so on. So our performance optimization control room has been set up in such a way that it's very flexible for any type of vessel coming to, into management with any type of investment on board. At the same time, this is a cloud-based system giving access to our clients remotely at no additional cost. Uh, and then we've taken this a bit further. So I will not mention all these uh, features of this because these were already actually mentioned by Alexia before. So very similar. But we've taken this a step further. We're integrating this into our ship management models, which means our technical superintendents, our crew superintendents, our marine superintendents all have access to the system which integrates into their ship management modules meaning for instance uh, a superintendent will get an alert based on plan maintenance crew superintendents will get alerts if vessels are trading to sanctioned countries if there are delays to the vessel coming to port to rearrange uh, um, crew changes and so on so it's all geared to optimizing and making what we do more efficient all results at the end of the day 
in cost savings for the client. So this has been a major uh, development for our company. Obviously with pandemic, such a tool in, 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 your, in your arsenal actually helps you with all these kind of remote uh, jobs which have to be done. Um, we've also gone a step further where we've, we've established an e-learning platform. Uh, the e-learning platform, if I can describe, is something like Netflix. Every crew member and every staff have their own login. There's the, everything is automated, which means they have the menu of trainings they must do. When they do their trainings, these are automatically automated and so on. It's given us during the pandemic the platform to actually share uh, video messages to the crew from our CEO. Uh, so it's actually enhanced our communication as a platform with our crew on board. So these are a few developments. And then just because I know we're sensitive on time, just to mention a few other things. We've used existing technologies like Crystal mentioned before. We're using uh, different kinds of video platforms for senior, senior officers meetings, for updating our clients on webinars, uh, for mental health for our crew. And in addition, we're also developing uh, an app for fitness for our crew. So I think the panel is pretty well titled that this is embracing technology because nothing is new. It's just that shipping has decided to embrace existing technology. So as Columbia, this is what we're doing uh, as a start. And we have a lot more for the future because at the end of the day, I think technology, we've all realized through this year how important this is as part of what we do in our industry. Thank you. Thank you to you. And, and thank you also to, to make it in this description to put the, the correct emphasis to, to the training of our, of our crew because still uh, people in other industry believe in a sort of dichotomy between uh, uh, technological transformation and, uh, and people but still of course in the shipping we know very well uh, that, uh, that our people, our crew, our superintendents are always uh, at, the, at the heart of, of, the whole, of the whole industry. Johannes, with you we have the opportunity to get the point of view of the commercial manager this is very interesting because uh, the increasing complexity of value chain is accelerating adoption of digital technology in many markets. Uh, what about shipping? Does it lag behind or is it catching up with uh, other more digitalized markets? And in particular, would you like to tell us about your experience and your innovative platform? Absolutely. Thank you, Paolo. And good morning to everyone. Um, so, in commercial shipping is actually one of the last uh, places uh, in our industry where technology is being employed, um, in part because it kind of has been traditionally more difficult to automate some of the things that uh, commercial uh, shipping professionals do. And actually, we started our company with this fundamental question of if someone can actually use technology to improve the commercial performance in the spot chartering market of Aframaxis by $1,000 a day if one uses technology well. And this is a very specific question. And um, it's not a question that uh, you can answer by you know, just buying a, a product off the shelf. Uh, it's actually a question that you need to answer by thinking uh, deeply about the problem, thinking in terms of uh, first principles and then building a solution that will hopefully bring this result. And, and we worked on such a solution for, for almost two years before we started getting confident about the answer. And now after five years of, of uh, having employed the technology in uh, uh, helping to bring uh, order out of the chaos of all the information that you get as a commercial uh, professional in shipping, 
we have managed to, to very conclusively uh, answer that yes, you can improve your commercial performance by $1,000 a day. You can have an impact on the bottom line of your uh, commercial operations. Uh, and actually, we, we thought that although this initially was an internal tool, that it would make sense to release this tool uh, to the rest of the industry and help the industry advance uh, in this direction as well. There, there actually have been other great efforts out there, uh, many different platforms uh, trying to do the same thing. Um, and, and we are happy to be you know, one of the, the leading ones. Uh, we have over 100 clients at this uh, stage. Uh, most, actually, more than 50% of all the, the, Afro, the uh, crude tankers that um, trade in the spot market are represented by companies that uh, use our software. So once we felt confident about this performance, uh, you know, we started building uh, more uh, around integrating the human expertise in shipping and technology and have seen our performance steadily increase as a commercial operator. Uh, and based on that, we, we launched uh, an Aframax pool a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, to our uh, delight, uh, now is the, this pool has become the largest Aframax in the world, uh, which is uh, quite um, quite an achievement in such a short amount of time. So, um, as far as um, technology is concerned in commercial shipping, we certainly don't believe that it will replace humans in any shape or form. But we certain, but we are now 100% confident that it can assist people that know what they're doing uh, to bring a better result. And also we are confident that it is much easier as a young uh, uh, shipping professional to learn some things through technology that would otherwise take you many years to learn. And actually we're very happy to see that because that means that you know, we're making our industry more accessible. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think uh, that also you raised an important point about uh, sharing uh, experiences uh, that uh, is not uh, at all, uh, let's say, in this particular uh, period, uh, losing uh, competitiveness, uh, but uh, we know very well uh, that uh, we have to be more and more all, uh, all connected. I think this is one of the, of the golden rule of the, of the new uh, shipping era. So now we have uh, closed this first round of questions. Of course, I remember to our audience that uh, if they want, uh, they, they are free to, to to send us uh, our own uh, uh, questions and we'll be pleased, of course, to reply. Uh, let me come back to Alexia. Ioanni um, has just touched a very actual topic that is about uh, the sustainability of shipping and uh, indeed data collection and monitoring and increased transparency and visibility of the supply chain uh, can certainly improve shipping environmental performance. Uh, in this, uh, do you see other tools uh, that support ships comply with increasingly uh, stringent environmental regulations uh, and minimize their carbon footprint? Well, apart from new technologies, um, there certainly exists, uh, there already exists a simple technology, which is well known, um, a simple tool, and that is the reduction of speed. According to one of Clarkson's latest reports, um, total fuel consumption and carbon output of the world fleet today compared to 2008 has decreased by 18%. And this is despite carrying 35% more cargo and there being 60% more tonnage on the water. 
And this is mainly attributed to a reduction in speed, which is estimated to be about um, 15 to 20%. It's also due to the uh, development of echo ships, but mainly due to the reduction of speed. Um, another tool that will help ship owners comply with uh, environmental regulations and reduce emissions is um, the use of alternative fuels. So ship owners have to closely follow the research in alternative energy sources. Just to quickly mention a few uh, options. One is LNG, which um, would re reduce carbon emissions by about 20 to 25%, um, thus meeting the 2030 um, regulations for emissions, but not the 2050 targets. Um, LNG is an obvious choice for LNG carriers, but a more challenging one for more conventional type vessels such as bulk carriers or tankers, as um, there's a lack of uh, LNG bunkering infrastructure. Then there's um, LPG, which is again an obvious choice for LPG carriers, a more plausible option for more conventional vessels, as um, there already exists a fleet of smaller sized LPG vessels, which could serve as bunkering vessels. However, the developments in LPG engines are lagging those of LNG due to the smaller size of the VLGC fleet. Um, third, there's the option of ammonia, which is still at an experimental stage, but um, could also work. However, we're un uncertain about the, uh, the volume that would be available. Um, at the moment, wind power could also contribute a percentage of the vessel's energy requirements. Cold ironing could also be an option, which basically means connecting um, a vessel at port to shore power, which hopefully would be produced in an environmentally friendly way. And finally, um, I will dare to mention another form of energy, which is well known, yet presents extreme challenges in its application, and that is nuclear energy. Um, regulation, popular and political will is currently lacking due to certain well-known accidents. However, companies such as TerraPower have developed uh, safe technologies by operating at lower pressures. Um, so, and with a horizon of 20 years, what might seem today as an impossibility might become the trend and might become the safest, greenest and most efficient source of energy. Nuclear could be used um, as smaller units for the individual propulsion of vessels or could be used onshore to produce electric energy uh, to produce electricity, which would then be stored in batteries or used to produce hydrogen, which could then be used as a fuel on board vessels. Um, and finally, another tool that could help um, ship owners reduce emissions is 3D printing, as this would minimize the need to transport uh, spares and stores on board and would also minimize the need for inventory stock. Thank you. Thank you. That, that was a very stimulating uh... Perspective, in particular the one uh, involving the, the nuclear technology, uh, that is not something that we commonly uh, listen during uh, our conferences and discussion with uh, among uh, regulators, the ship owners, managers, uh, uh, manufacturers. Of course, we know very well that shipping somehow has to follow also the big energy trends of, of other industry. Uh, and it's correct that uh, at a certain point, maybe five to ten years ago, there was. Uh, this uh, idea that uh, um, LNG or RPG could have been uh, the panacea of all uh, the anti-pollution uh, uh, campaigns. Uh, now, of course, people is believing uh, hydrogen is for sure something that could be produced by renewables and could be probably uh, the future. But oh, as usual, we also have to understand how other 
other sectors, uh, industrial sectors develop to, to understand if there is, uh, my opinion, uh, the, the real business case also to be on, to, to come on the shipping. Speaking of this, Ioannis, uh, so I, I would like to come back uh, uh, on some of, of the points uh, that you raised, uh, in particular about uh, the fact that maritime, uh, to be honest, uh, and we all know it is part of our tradition, and is also quite traditional, let's say, it has not changed uh, too much in its practices, uh, uh, in the practices that is following for the last 40 to, to 50 years. Uh, do you think that uh, somehow there can be some sort of uh, cross-fertilization from experiences coming from other industry sectors? Uh, are we going to be forced to reimagine the shipping business with, uh, with these technology developments or digitalization bringing disruption of old roles in favor of new entrants uh, as it has happened with e-commerce, mobility and traveling and, and other issues on, uh, on different industries. Yeah. Well, I think there are certain trends that I, that we have definitely seen in other industries that I'm, I'm uh, personally, I have a strong opinion. Uh, they will not materialize in shipping. Uh, one of these is the concept, for example, of an Uber uh, system for, for shipping. Uh, the reason for this is, you know, when you go to, to a city, you don't uh, know all the taxi drivers in the city by name, uh, you, you need to find a taxi or, or a driver, you know, you can go on a, on a platform and, and anonymously find, uh, you know, the, the service you're looking for. In the case of shipping, the, the network is much smaller, the service is much more high touch, and the human connection cannot be replaced for a long time, in my opinion, uh, starting from now, at least 10 years by technology, you know, Predicting beyond 10 years is always a, a tricky thing, but but I don't think that that um, that it's anytime soon that something like that can happen. On the other hand, one thing that could happen in shipping more broadly, and technology can help in this, is the the concept of alliances, and we have seen them now in container shipping, uh, and they're starting to work a little. They're, they're starting to work uh, reasonably well. Another industry we have seen this from and that has worked really well historically has been the airline industry. Before alliances in the airline industry and obviously before COVID, but let's uh, exclude COVID for, from our thinking for a little bit. But before the alliances, uh, airlines were always at the brink of bankruptcy. It was really difficult for them to do any serious you know, R&D efforts and so on because they, they really couldn't afford it. Uh, and they couldn't really participate. You know, the industry was not healthy in order to, to really push itself forward. Uh, once you know, the, the money was there, the companies were both more healthy, but also they could uh, invest more in, in buying uh, uh, planes with newer technologies and so on. So similarly, if we want to get to zero emissions, somehow uh, you, know, you need to have a healthy industry that can uh, you know, foot the bill and, and make this uh, progress happen. And one of the ways that this can happen is by, by using technology to form alliances in ways that, have not, uh, that we have not been able to form them in the past, in the past and yes. create a, a, more, a more healthy backdrop. Thank you. Thank you, Ioannis. So uh, not uh, a major business model disruption, but more technological and commercial. This is the point I take. Okay, we have uh, another five minutes I would like to to go with other three questions. And uh, the next one is, uh, is for Christos. Yuan uh, uh, has explained uh, to us how a large amount of unstructured data processed with the 
course, with the right technology can be exploited to take uh, uh, fast, uh, fast decisions. Christos, do you see any other application of data analytics uh, techniques in your business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's important to differentiate these three steps when you're addressing, you know, data. Uh, data. Obviously, data gathering is an important process, um, but that doesn't—that's not the end goal. Um, you then have to actually interpret the data, and you have to find a convenient way of presenting it. Um, and technology, uh, technological innovations or, the, or their adoption is very much predicated on a trial and error process. So, you know, and we can see this in the shipping industry. Unfortunately, uh, those that front uh, or those that uh, kind of stick out their necks a lot of the time, they realize that they've invested in uh, technologically innovative products um, that, uh, that, that, that don't get adopted. And uh, being able to actually uh, source data and, uh, and, you know, and measure metrics um, allows you to gain a better understanding of that trial and error process. Um, so, you know, we have sensors, we have cameras, we have all sorts of stuff. Um, but then, you know, you can't have a team of data scientists that are just going through and through and through data all of the time. You need convenient ways of interpreting it. I can give you one very basic, one very simple example. And I won't go to fuel efficiency because actually, you know, there's a lot out there in terms of fuel efficiency. I'll, I'll go to navigational safety. All right. So navigational safety, you need to have you know, uh, a competent uh, bridge team on board of your vessel. So what do a lot of people do? They say, okay, we'll put cameras on board of the bridge. But what good is that? I mean, what are the cameras really doing? Are you really going to have someone sitting, you know, behind their desk with, you know, 14 images? No, what you need to do is essentially, you know, you create software that, um, that, that uses heat maps. And I can actually show you an example. So you see, you know, what I'm interested in is over time how people move around uh, on the bridge in order to understand. So I'll actually show you from my cell phone. You know, we get these snapshots of what's going on on our bridge. So these colorful lines, essentially, they show you the concentration, uh, the heat map of where people spend their time. Are they looking out of the bridge windows or are they uh, constantly behind, uh, you know, behind the chart room? Okay, now how is that interesting? I've just shown you eight hours worth of data on one snapshot. And that's the challenge that we have to address. What is it that we do with this data and how can we interpret it? Yeah. So we have still two minutes left time for a very quick question. Costantino, do we still have a problem in terms of, uh, of connectivity? Do you think that uh, this is still a bottleneck in terms of, uh, of costs uh, of uh, affordability? Uh, Paolo, a friend of mine told me that I'm not the youngest uh, in this uh, panel. Uh, when I started to work in shipping, uh, the only available technology for uh, ship-to-shore uh, connection was uh, only the Telex, the Imarsat A. But what I have witnessed uh, the last uh, 25, 30 years is that uh, the higher needs of bandwidth uh, never constituted uh, a technical uh, bottleneck uh, in the sense that uh, at any time, uh, if you needed more, you could obtain more if you also were intending to pay more. As far as uh, costs uh, are concerned, however, uh, I believe today we are still paying one third of what we used to pay uh, 25 years ago. So um, um, one threat um, for the cost might be represented today by the monopolization of the immersive services. However, 
However, by having a thousand of uh, satellites on top of our head, I don't think that we will ever reach uh, this point. Um, our uh, present uh, setup uh, essentially consists of jacks of uh, Global Express. Uh, we have some CIR packages, committed information rate, in order to protect ourselves in case uh, uh, you know there is congestion and where the right. maximum rate is just a uh, utopia. For redundancy, we have double jacks or jacks with uh, fleet broadband and uh, fleet express. And sometimes we consider GSF solutions, but only on a few ships that are taking some specific areas. This setup for the time being is sufficient for us to cover our needs and uh, certainly is not the maximum that we could obtain if we were in need of it. So you know, at least in the near future, I don't expect connectivity to represent uh, real constraints for the adoption of new digital tools. And uh, from a cost perspective, cost-benefit perspective, I believe that it is worth to uh, you know, to invest in connectivity in order to gain the benefit of these uh, new tools. Thank you, Constantine. I'm sorry. I wanted to make another question to Dimitris about uh, the crew and training, but I think he touched already uh, during his first, uh, his first question. I, I thank you again, the organizer and all the panelists for the very important and inspirational uh, uh, conversation. And uh, thanks again. Stay safe and see you at the next. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody for... Uh, Thank, to, you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nicholas. Very well attended one. Thank you. You guys are very popular. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.